What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. I'm your host, Noah Alvarez. It's August now. Hope you guys are enjoying your summer. Before we get into things, I do want to give a shout out to Generic Sports for producing the instrumental in the intro and the outro. You can check out more of his work at soundcloud.com slash generic sports. Also, shout out to Vince Correa for designing the new Mike and I logo. He also designed the old Podfathers logo too. So if you're listening to some of the older episodes and come across that one, just know Vince Correa was the man behind both those designs. This podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And oh, guess what? We're on the Big Heads Podcast Network as well. So shout out to them for bringing us on board. Really excited about the collaboration. Before we get into this week's show, I have one quick rant. All right. Why are people so mad at LeBron James for doing what fathers should be doing? Like, I get it. July is a slow as far as sports topics go, but really? We trying to bash LeBron for being a good, supportive father? I don't get it. I mean, I, I, man, I wish my father was as amped as LeBron was to watch me play when I was younger. Uh, sure, the layup line dunks may have been a, a little bit of excessive, but I have absolutely no problem with the, celebra- the celebrating and everything else he did on the court. And, and you guys shouldn't either. I mean, it's an AAU game. It's not an official high school game. It's not an official college game. It's not even a pro game. This is AAU basketball. I mean, for those of you who don't know from what I've seen, plenty of parents and fans are doing that at AAU games. Anytime there's a big play, anytime there's big highlights, game winners, you know, dunks, crazy crossovers, you always see people jumping up and recording and maybe stepping onto the court more than they should. It's AAU. Let the kids have fun, you know? It's reminds me of like a glorified street ball but for the youth obviously right and i don't know i don't get why people are so mad i know some of y'all might be a little jealous they didn't have that you know parent figure growing up and you might be hurt or whatever but don't be i i mean lebron is using his platform to shine positive light on what a good father could be and i i I just don't understand why it's such a hot topic on social media on the undisputed shows on the 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 first take kind of shows i don't get why we're talking about this lebron i fully support you and if you disagree find me on twitter man (laughs) you can follow me on uh twitter at underscore noah alvarez or on instagram at noha alvarez um share share your thoughts with me though because i really don't see any problem with what lebron james is doing especially at his son Bronny's games like i said aau is not high school it is not college it is not a professional game. Let these kids have fun. Let him be a good father. And you know how many kids that follow LeBron that never had a father figure that see that and think, damn, that'd be cool to be able to do that when I'm a father if they if that's one of their goals down the road. So I, I applaud LeBron. Uh, I'm usually not a big LeBron fan either. So, you know, this is not me just being a homer and sticking with LeBron through thick and thin. No, this is, this is something I generally fully support. On to this week's show. I bring on fellow moviegoer Alex. He's been on a few different shows of mine in the past talking about movies. And on this week, we talk about all things Toy Story 4. What we liked, what we didn't like, how it's similar to Fast and Furious, and much, much more. The movie has been out for a month or so now, so I've hoped you watch it already. If not, hit pause, go watch the movie, and then come back to this podcast. It'll always be here for you. Um, But yeah. Hope you guys enjoy the conversation I had with Alex recapping the movie Toy Story 4. Oh, I almost forgot to mention 
this podcast was recorded all outside. Uh, me and Alex went to a local park. And, you know, because I have a new laptop now, I have a new microphone, I have kind of a little bit of a new setup. And sometimes my the house isn't always available. Sometimes other people's places aren't always available. So I've been wanting to do a park podcast. And sometimes you do hear a little bit of the, the cars in the background as well. But I think for the most part, I listened to it already all the way through, obviously, because I had to edit it and whatnot. But it doesn't sound too bad. So just keep that in mind if you do hear some of the loud cars and whatnot. All right, when you first heard that they were making a Toy Story 4, that it was in the making, what was your initial reaction? I trying to flip a table. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're messing with it. It was perfect. It was a trilogy. When has it doing more ever worked? So I was really skeptical. It was going to work out. And I think that was a reaction a lot of people may have been having. Cause it was, it's a big part of my childhood. The first mm-hmm. Toy Story was like, I had that VHS. I wore that thing out. Right. Like, that, was, <laughs> that was my movie. I loved it. Uh, yeah, so when I heard that Toy Story 4 was coming out, I was like, ah. Now, mm-hmm. I was already skeptical about the other ones, but they always found out a way to surprise me. Like they hadn't let me down with Toy Story, even, mm-hmm. even when they had with other Toy Story, even when they had with other Pixar movies. Yeah, Toy Story Four for me was kind of like the uh, the extension of the franchise. It seemed like they were just, like you said, it seemed like it was a trilogy. Toy Story Three, I thought, you know, I was in college, so it was very relatable, and I felt like a lot of kids our age, the '90s kids, were around that same age where they're entering, you know, college or finishing college. And so they had to give away or give up toys. And it just felt like a really good, like, heartwarming ending. And it could have just been, that's it. But I think they needed more money. And, and just, you know, they kind of ran out of ideas. And they're just like, hey, let's create a Toy Story 4 and introduce a whole bunch of characters. And for me, it kind of reminds me of Fast Five. And I'm going to mention the Fast and Furious series a few times. Oh, this wow. Because <laughs> I think that's, that. I think, like how Fast Five, the introduction of Dwayne The Rock Johnson and then going international, that kind of opened up the door for Fast and Furious series to what it is now. And now they're doing crazy stunts. They're no longer your neighborhood like street racers. And I feel like Toy Story 4 kind of opens up the Toy Story series to do a little bit more. Obviously, not they're not going to be international spies. Or hopefully, I hope they don't. But, uh, I'm trying to do cars too. <laughs> I think, yeah. But I think it does open up the door, right? It, they have even the ending we'll talk about later. It just seems like it opens up the door for a little bit more, and they can stretch this this series out for maybe two more two more movies at least. Oh wow! Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like know. it. Uh, I don't know. But I, I didn't see that relation between them, like a uh, Toy Story and Fast and Furious. That's interesting. You could say they're like family. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, honestly, I don't. I hope they don't keep going with it. This is like <laughs> another either. nice ending. Like they left it kind of open ended. Like okay, they're off doing their thing. Mm-hmm. But hey, I'm not as creative as the people at Pixar, so we'll see what they do. Mm-hmm. So just to go over the plot in a really quick synopsis, it's the gang, the original gang. They kind of do this nice montage where they flash back to the scene where, in in the original first three Toy Stories, they never talked about Bo Peep and how she left the group. But they have that scene in there where this, the daughter of Andy, not the daughter, sister of Andy, <laughs> the sister, Andy's sister gives up Bo Pete and some other toys, and um, Woody ends up can't, not being able to save her. And then it flash forwards to the present where they're all living with Bonnie, the, the new child that Andy gave the toys to. And especially like Woody, the main character from the first movie, and from all the movies, he's dealing with a lot of... Uh, he feels almost useless at this time, right? That Bonnie's using a lot of the other toys, kind of very rarely using him, and then she goes to kindergarten, and Woody wants to feel relevant again, so he goes with her to kindergarten and helps 
uh, helps her make a new friend basically when she's struggling. And then she brings home this toy called Forky. It's not really a toy. It's it's a sport. And we could talk about. She literally makes a new friend. Yeah, her. yeah. And it's kind of cute from like a really like young kid's perspective. But they make they bring home Forky, and then the whole dilemma between Woody and Forky is that you know Bonnie really likes Forky, so Woody has to do everything he can to make sure Forky's around. Yeah, yeah. He has to teach him what like what purpose is like. Why is there? Mm-hmm. That's interesting because Fork was created out of nothing. Like, how, yeah. how can they assign purpose to him? Yeah. yeah. He's literally, like, he was pulled out of the trash. Yeah, like, yeah. literally the fork, the, the pipe cleaner, and the popsicle sticks. It was all pulled out of the trash. So he wants to go back to the trash. And it's kind of a funny little, like, plot that goes throughout the yeah. whole movie. It's also weird that his, her parents let her sleep with trash. It's a plastic fork. Like, who yeah. knew where that spork was, you yeah, know? know? Whose mouth? Uh, that was, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Jeez. Yeah, I just thought about that. I was like, that's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, like, hugging a tissue. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, so after the kindergarten, that was just orientation. After a kindergarten orientation, the family goes on a trip to, like, some sort of carnival out in the middle of nowhere. or in a little small town. But during the trip, in the RV, you know, the First of all, the girl brought all her toys. Have you ever brought all your toys on a family trip before? Nah, that we have limited space. I <laughs> yeah, that I for know, like that. toilet paper, water. <laughs> <laughs> that seems unnecessary. Yeah. But um, and then so during the trip, Forky jumps out of the moving RV. Woody tries to save him, and they're gonna try and catch up with each other later at an RV stop. And that's where they run into the small town. Woody and Forky are in the town already before like sunrise, and looks like all things you know are good. But then he sees Bo Peep's light stand, right? The light stand that she came with or that she was a part of in this old antique shop. He decides to go in. Then we meet a new character, Gabby Gabby, kind of just like basically like a dictator, but not like a dictator of the antique shop, for at least the toy section, right? Um, she's just kind of like evil ruler who really wants his voice box and kind of hears her side of the story. But nonetheless, he kind of runs into predicament where because Gabby wants to, you know, keep them hostage. She ends up keeping Forky, Woody escapes, then Woody has to find, you know, the other friends to go back and save Forky because obviously Bonnie still really misses Forky. And I, again, like the parenting, like it's a fork. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, just make another one. Make another one. That like, was one that she made, though. I know, but I just feel like if you were a parent and you saw what it was made out of, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to duplicate. Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> They're not very artistic people. No, I, I guess that clearly. Yeah. But during the time when the family's out, you know, exploring the town, exploring the carnival, exploring whatever the festival that was there in that town, Woody's trying to save Forky, and with the help of Bo Peep that he runs into a park. Also, you have the other characters from the original stories that are stuck in the RV, mainly Buzz Lightyear going out. He's trying to find his inner voice, as Woody says. And, you know, he's out trying to rescue the day, trying to rescue Woody. He runs into some new friends that ends up meet uh, Ducky and Bunny, which uh, we'll get more into later. But... They all basically meet with Woody and Bo Peep, and they all formulate a plan to rescue Forky from the antique shop. And yeah, I think I would say all things go pretty much well. Gabby Gabby gets her voice box, Woody gets Forky, and things don't go well for Gabby. And then towards the end, Gabby's going to go with Bonnie and the crew, and then Gabby ends up going to a child that she sees at the carnival. And it's kind of a cool little story, even though she got rejected first by her first child that she like invested all her marbles into, she got picked up by another child that was lost at the carnival. It was kind of a sweet little moment. Yeah. And then next thing you know, the gang's all back on the, the RV. And basically the ending, 
which I thought was pretty nice and we could talk a little bit more about later. But, you know, Woody, again, feeling useless and kind of like not being used as much by Bonnie, he decides to go off with Bo Peep and kind of be that, uh, I would say, freelance toy, right? Just like a toy that roams around from different park to different parties and stuff like that and just kind of does, calls her own shots. And so Woody decides to go with her instead of going back to the, with the original crew. And so it kind of, you know, the crew splits ways. You have a big main character leaving the original crew. And I kind of liked it. Um, but yeah, first category, wanted to go over, least favorite part of the movie. Hmm. Least favorite? I didn't really have a, a least favorite, at least nothing that stands out. Uh, oh, the what's his name? The 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 writer guy, the Canadian mm. uh, evil Canadian. You like Duke Kaboom? Duke Kaboom's all right. Duke Kaboom. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Starting it now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He, he didn't resonate with me. Okay. But it was cool. I, I liked his whole story of like he he also had like that feeling of not being useful to his mm-hmm. uh, like not meeting the expectations of his person like his mm. child. So I guess I did like him. Yeah. I can't really think of uh, something I didn't like. Oh, the dummies were scary. Yeah, that, that was probably my least favorite part, too. The dummies, I guess my whole, my least favorite part was, like, Gabby and the dummies, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, in the beginning, they seemed very, like, di- dictatorship and, like, I don't know, she just seemed like this evil ruler. But really, she was just the toy who wanted a second chance and wanted a voice box so she can be adopted by the the, the, the store owner's granddaughter, right? And it ended up working out. But yeah, the dummies were weird. They'd even t- like, they talked like maybe like two lines in the whole movie. They just, they looked freaky. But like, I don't know. It seemed like Gabby Gabby was like this evil, evil like genius. And she was going to like disassemble Woody. But really, she just wanted the voice box and she kept a promise. So I don't know. I didn't like that part of it. <laughs> yeah. But they had to be there to be like a little, a little yeah. freaky. Give a little uh, bit of suspense. But they're literally just dummies. They're just like following her, mm-hmm. whatever she was saying. Um, but yeah, I like how they added a lot of depth. Uh, to each of the characters, or at least the ones that they really focused on, because it shows that it's not just like, oh, bad guy, ooh, good guy. Like each person has a bit of a blend of what makes them good, what makes them bad, what makes them right beings. Yeah, because at the end of the movie, I really did think she was a bad toy after all. She just, like I said, a toy wants a second chance with a new kid, because obviously she was malfunctioning and, and never got it. You know, no toy wants to live in a, an antique store forever, so I, I could see you resonate with her a little bit more. So I thought that was cool. Favorite parts of the movie? Favorite part would probably be when Woody realizes he can be his own uh, person. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have to be tied to something so deeply. Because his entire life has always been a toy to service of mm-hmm. whoever his kid is. And then he moves on to his next kid. I think uh, Andy's probably one that he remembers the most. He's probably around with his dad, but they don't got over there. Oh, they'll probably do a, pre- a prequel. They yeah. do a prequel. Um, but yeah, so he really comes into his own. So he's not just so tethered to the happiness of others. He can truly be his own person. And it, it really happens, I think, closer to when, to, towards the end, when he decides to go over with Bo Peep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it because, especially too, I felt like my mom, she was one of those people pleasers and just felt like she always needed to like take care of us and take care of my dad, take care of her sisters and brothers and just like be that person who like overworks herself trying to take care of others. And so I saw a lot of that growing up. And so seeing Woody do it kind of in the movie, it was like very resonating. But at a certain point, I think as my mom's gotten older, she's like learned to, you know, take a step back and kind of let other people do their thing. And I think 
that's like kind of the main lesson for Woody, at least from his perspective, is that you can't save everything and salvage everything. Like nothing can be perfect uh, and nothing can be always be fixed, you know, by him. Actually, he doesn't always need to be fixing things. And so I kind of like that. I also like the inner voice part. Um, you know, he was telling Buzz about like, find your inner voice. Because it seemed like, I felt like Buzz, they almost dumbed down Buzz a little bit in this movie. Mm -hmm. I, it just, you know, he was a character who came in the first movie and obviously he was very like robotic and like still stuck to his program. But it seemed like in, in, in Toy Story 2 and 3, he had like his own character and it was a fully developed. But then in Toy Story 4, they kind of like went back a step and he was just like, you know, like, what's my inner voice? And then, you know, he's, it, there's a funny back and forth with him, like pressing his buttons and it happened to be that his bus buttons would work for whatever scenario he was in until the end when he was kind of conflicted. He's like, do I go save Woody or do I go back with on the RV? And, you know, I was telling him to go back to the RV kind of thing. But he, he really wanted to, you know, go help Woody because that was like what his gut feeling was saying. So he did find his inner voice at the end. That whole like back and forth about finding his inner voice—that was funny. That was funny. Yeah, but yeah, he did seem kind of like a like a plot device, uh, yeah. like a comic relief too. But it got you from one place to another. Like, oh, how are we gonna get to this place? Mm -hmm. The voice said it. Yeah, but yeah, I wish it would have given a little more depth. But this was supposed to be more about Woody, mm -hmm. like at least closing up a portion of his arc and bringing it to an end. It wasn't so much about Buzz as he found his resolution a bit ago. He doesn't never really had. Yeah, I guess he had a kid, Andy. And he's still being played with. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, going back to what you're saying about uh, family. Yeah, no, that that was a huge part of it for me. Because at a certain point in your life, you have to move on to the next stage mm -hmm. of life. And it's hard to let go of something that's been so integral to you. Right. Like being that provider, being that person that's like watching out for everybody, taking mm -hmm. care of them. Um, and that's what it's been for so long. Uh, but time happens exactly you know, yeah things. yeah so woody has to get used to like not always being the dad or mm -hmm. not always being the protector he needs to find like his own happiness he has to find himself again yeah i kind of like that yeah, yeah because like, the feeling of being forgotten or pushed away or like deferred uh is a tough one because it just makes me think about like the like, uh, parents mm -hmm. and how, what they must be going through this time it's a transitional stage for us yeah they're going to like become our own full-fledged people, autonomous and all that, and for so many years of our lives, our parents are just like, oh, that's, this is, this is what we are to them. Yeah. It's, it's just sad. To let go, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, to let go and like find out what they can do, because they, they should be able to be happy and be able mm -hmm. to take care of themselves, but that's the thing that people don't always think about. Like, okay. Yeah. <sighs> this is stressful for me, but think about your parents. Too. Yeah. It's weird to think that the toy in this movie kind of plays a parent almost, right? I mean, and, 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 and pretty much the first two Toy Story movies, they don't really show Andy's parents. You hear their voices, but I feel like... Just the mom. Yeah, maybe right? the mom, he right? Have a dad. Yeah, that's, that's right. He doesn't have a dad. Probably. But it just... Uh, Andy, or not Andy, Woody became kind of Andy's like father figure in a, in a sense, right, in the, from our movie's perspective. And so it is kind of funny to think that like this toy is playing the father figure to Andy. And when he leaves or when he gets, you know, dropped off with Bonnie, he kind of missing that purpose. He wants to be a father figure to Bonnie. But Bonnie, Bonnie's a different kind of kid and she has different kind of needs and plays with different toys and does different things. So, yeah, it's definitely like him trying to find himself and his purpose again. I, I can imagine a lot of parents when their kids leave the nest kind of deal. They, they struggle with the same thing, kind of have to develop some hobbies or stuff because, you know, that's a huge chunk of time that you were, like, so invested in mm -hmm. for 18, 19, 20 years or whatever. 
and then all of a sudden it's gone. You're like, yeah. what? Those ungrateful brats just leave <laughs> and take all your money and your food and your love. <laughs> What's left? Yeah. <laughs> What's left? Ooh, shout uh, out to all the parents. Yeah. Whoop. All of them listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> available on everywhere. Love you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, but yeah, I also like the interaction too of um, this, the the toys at the antique store that are already there. The like you mentioned, Duke Boom. I kind of liked Duke Boom's at least his spirit. Some of the I, I would say Bo Peep has the most of it, where she was dropped off by or she was kind of forgotten by her original. She was dropped off by her original. Mm, our, our original owner, right? Her, the Andy's sister, and then, and what I like about Bo Peep and even like Duke Kaboom, these toys. I think we saw in Toy Story one, two, and three. They were so dependent on their child, right? And like Bo Peep and Duke Kaboom, they're kind of abandoned, even Gabby Gabby. And I liked how they're we're basically able to be independent and kind of make life, make the most out of life, despite not having a child. Especially Bo Peep's character, I like that because I'm sure a lot of kids who, you know, we had probably, like, I think both of us had pretty invested parents, but I'm sure there was a lot of kids who didn't have parents that were so invested into them. And so I'm sure they could relate, right? As soon as, you know, they were old enough, their parents kind of said, all right, you do your own thing. Like, I'm no longer part of your life, like, as 18-year-olds. Or for, maybe it's for other reasons, too. Maybe they were in, you know, in jail or they had them taken away from them. Whatever reason they may be, I'm sure there's a lot of kids who kind of related with the Bo Peeps and the Duke Booms, where they felt like, unworthy to a certain person in the previously were let go at a certain time and they had to make things they had they had to learn things on their own quicker and learn to survive quicker and i think that i think that part of the movie was cool too yeah they were really focused on independence and they were able to find it and they were able to be like separate from something mm -hmm. else and yeah that was interesting and they were able to still find their work or find value in their lives without having to be so tied to somebody else it, but yeah, I did. Uh, you know, yeah, I did like the Duke Kaboom uh, aspect of it. Yeah. Just a little Duke Kaboom, Duke Kaboom, Canadian evil yeah, Knievel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's who he is. Basically, yeah. yeah. All right, so this next category, the best "What did we miss?" part, and how I describe this category is in Incredibles two. I use this movie as the reference. There's a scene where Mr. Incredible drops off Jack Jack at Edna Mode's mansion. And, you know, the next morning, Mr. Incredible comes back and, you know, Edna Mode and, and Jack-Jack are really good friends. But you don't really get to see them interact for that whole entire night. There's a huge chunk of the movie missing. So that's why I, I labeled this best what did we miss part. Is there any part of Toy Story 4 that you felt like there was a hole that you could have, you would have liked to see added? Mm, no, it was a solid length movie. I think adding more to it would have been a little tough. But I, I kind of wish they would have added more depth to the other characters, but I understand why they didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, like to the old characters, ones that we've uh, grown up seeing for like three years, because they, they kind of finalized their like, arc in the previous movies. So I guess that this one's supposed to be a focus on uh, Woody, but I kind of wanted to see that more, or even just uh, go into a little bit more of the, the grandma that has the antique shop and mm -hmm. the, the girl. I don't know, that, that kind of just seemed like I could have done that could have had a little more. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see a little bit more of Bo Peep's, like, kind of her solo journey, you know, because she seemed, obviously, when Woody encountered her, Bo Peep at the sandbox again, 
she just seemed very like a she seemed like a badass yeah, like yeah. not gonna lie like and that probably took some time over years and i would like to see maybe like a quick 20 30 second montage of her doing some badass stuff you know like maybe fighting off other toys or raccoons or i don't know yeah. i mean she had a like she had her sheep be able to drive this electric rc she car got that skunk somehow right she took that, that real pellet she like she basically skunk. became this like survivalist woman you know out in the woods somewhere Bo you know peep the riveter yeah. <laughs> Bo peep more like um tomb raider some kind of you know she she went from like Bo rhyme. To tomb raider. Rhyme? it didn't yeah. rhyme yeah no it didn't rhyme but uh, but she went from this complete badass woman and so maybe i would like to see a little bit more of that that could be a solo movie also yeah that could be a solo movie also how she escaped the antique store too they don't talk about that but she obviously knew gabby gabby and gabby gabby knew her they obviously didn't like each other as soon as you know they caught wind of each other's names so i would have liked to seen a little bit more of how Bo Peep was able to escape that kind of horrific place, a okay. place he didn't want to be. Yeah, yeah, that actually was a really, really good part of the movie because Bo Peep was one, one of my favorite characters because she had a lot of development, a lot of growth. But they're probably saving that for a movie, mm-hmm. like a separate movie. They're going to go into that. Because I would, I would want more than a couple seconds of it. Mm-hmm. She just seems like such a, like, like a badass, like a tough character. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah they could have definitely had more with that. But I think they're saving it. They, they know you want it. Exactly, yeah, it exactly. So it could be like, and then it, it could also serve as a two-parter, right? A little prequel to her, like what she was doing on her own. And now that Woody's with her, I feel like that could be like their own, like Luke and, what is it? Hobbs and Shaw kind of, yeah. Hobbs and Shaw kind of deal, you know? Woody and Bo. But um, yeah, there was a lot of new characters introduced into Toy Story 4. A lot of good actors in them as well that were voicing them. Um, any specifics that jumped out at you that right away? Giggle McDimple. Oh, Giggle McDimples. Giggle, yes, Giggle yes. McDimples. <laughs> That's her. a mouthful. Yeah, that stuff. Uh, her and then uh, Ducky and... Uh, mm-hmm. Ducky and Bunny. Ducky and Bunny. Yeah. Both of them are fun, but Giggles McDimple. Giggle McDimples. Giggle McDimples. It's, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm it's losing a mouthful. It. It's enough, yeah, okay. Um, but that character is fun. It was, like, again, like a comic relief type of thing, but she was like the, the friend to... Bo Peep, but also she was. What did she say? She she was like an independent, uh, right? Independent little toy that didn't need no man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basically, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did just like, like little nice separate. Uh, um, really toy that we haven't seen too much before, and then the Bunny and Ducky were also just comic. I think I just like comic relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they were fun. They were like, stuck there trying to get their own kid for the longest time. They finally got somebody to play with. I like that whole little little piece they had with them but they're, they're fun toys yeah ducky and bunny they're voiced by keegan michael key and jordan yeah. peele and so like you know those two have chemistry and that's what i really liked about those two like playing those two parts is because the chemistry was just so natural and you could feel you feel like those toys have been together forever and ever they, i mean literally they were attached at like the six like <laughs> if you got one i remember there's a scene where like he uh i think i forgot which one i think it was bunny but he or ducky he thought he saw the piece of stuffing, right, from whatever other toy it was. He's like, oh, my God, Bunny, no. Like, he thought he was dead. And then literally, like, he pulled something. He's like, he looked backwards, and it was, like, it, it was his, his buddy. He was, like, still attached. He's like, no, I'm still here. And, like, it, so that, yeah, you're right. The comic relief from Ducky and Bunny I thought were, like, really good. I, I really like Duke Kaboom, too. I just, he was, like, kind of like the wild card of the group. You know, you needed someone like that. I mean. Plays by his own rules. Basically, he plays by his own rules. Um. And he, I feel like he was a person that you can kind of like talk into anything. Um, for for me, that's kind of like a, kind of like the character just to kind of relate it back to Fast and Furious. I felt like 
do kaboom was kind of the tyrese of the the movie right you can kind of talk him into anything he originally was scared and there's parts of like fast and furious movies where tyrese is scared but once you talk him in you kind of get his like ego up here you know do kaboom's willing to do anything and so you know he's just like little this little toy that just like the little toy that could and he always thinks about i love the kid's name because he's canadian right and the kid I think his name was Francois, right? He's like, Francois! Francois. So that last job, this is for Francois or something. I just thought that was so cool. I just wanted to see Francois down there like... Yeah. Yeah, no, that was, that was amazing. He got he got his redemption. He was able to like go in there, go over the fight. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah, Duke Kaboom was nice. I didn't remember enough of it, but Duke Kaboom was a, a great character. How'd you feel about Forky? Because obviously, you know... None of us mentioned him. I was going to say, I haven't even talked about Forky. Forky's <laughs> but he's like though. kind of like, I would say, a main character of the movie, right? He he's, he's a new character, and, and it's such an important part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. It also just, I think it just drives, it drives other characters' growth. Mm-hmm. With Gabby Gabby, he was like the therapist who just kind of like listening, like, oh, that's mm. weird. And yeah, they just did that to you. They didn't do this. And then with, uh, same thing with Woody. When he like he forced Woody to have to explain himself and to explain why he does what he does and what it means to be a toy, what it means to be Woody, and why Forky should be so invested in this kid that he knows nothing about. But he would liken her to like trash, like he loves trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he had his fun moments, but he I, I don't know I, I don't think of him when I think of the movie so much. I don't know if they'll develop that further. I hope not. But mm-hmm. I I. I, I hmm. Yeah, he yeah. had the he had the biggest character development of all for sure. I mean, he like he's, like you said, he just went from wanting to be in the trash to like actually holding conversations with different people and and uh, yeah, it, it was kind of weird. I mean, at first, definitely like it took me a while to get used to Forky. I don't want to say I left the movie not liking him, but like I want to say by the end of the movie, he kind of grew on me just because he was there and like like you said, he's kind of such an important character and did so many roles, right? Even though he was like held hostage technically by Gabby Gabby, he, he didn't realize it and he kind of made the most of it. He was just like having conversations with her like as if he wasn't held hostage, right? There's a psychological complex for that. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And so it was just kind of cool in his, his back and forth with Woody. And, and again, just the fact that he was a spork, it just it didn't make sense. Like I felt like the parents could have gone out of their way and made maybe a new one or try and try and cope with that. But. I don't know. I've never seen a kid be attached to a utensil like that before, so that was kind of it's kind of odd. But again, Bonnie's a new kid, so you know I'm sure that's an adjustment as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, favorite character overall? Who would you say if you could declare one winner of the movie? Who would you say won this movie? Uh, probably Bo Peep. It's between Bo Peep or Woody. Mm-hmm. I think Bo Peep because she she helped Woody get to the place where he is at. Because uh, Woody's been my favorite since the beginning. So it's tough for me to go away from him, but Bo Peep, she was a strong, independent toy. Mm-hmm. She's not brittle even though she's made of glass. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, she sure. literally breaks yeah, and she, she just, bra- like, tapes herself like, tapes back her. Oh, that's normal. <laughs> yeah, that part was fun. Yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, because she, she, she had her most, she had a lot of art. She leaves a lot of room for imagination. Like you could think about what she went through, what it must, how hard it must have been to, like, accept that she's not going to be somebody's toy, but then she gets to live on her own terms mm-hmm. so I liked her she was the best father mm-hmm. I want to give an honor mention to Buzz Lightyear for finding his inner voice <laughs> but also I, I think for me it's probably Woody just because at the end of being kind of mistreated by you know Gabby Gabby and almost like I said she seemed like she was like very sinister like very you know evil person and 
And in Toy Story 3, I forgot the evil character's name, but... Lotsa. Lotsa. Is it Lotsa? Hugs? The Hugs guy? Oh, yeah. The bear, right? Yeah, Lotsa like bear. It looked, like looked like a Care Bear. Yeah, it did look like a Care Bear. <laughs> but um, Woody was very, like, anti that person, right? From the beginning, he sniffed him out, and it was like, oh, like he's bad. Let's stay away from him. And, like, there was no hope for kind of, like, um, like, rehabilitation, right? But it seemed like once he understood Gabby Gabby's story... He gave her kind of a second chance after being like very frightened and like, you know, like standoffish at first and even at the end, like helped her when she realized that she wasn't going to get the the child, like the child, Hennessy, I think it was, or not Hennessy. Hennessy. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me what the child, do you remember the child's name? The grandchild, the granddaughter of the store owner? Uh, oh, probably Hennessy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was something with the age, but nonetheless. Harriet. Harriet Hennessy. <laughs> Harmony, my Harmony. bad. Not Hennessy. <laughs> Harmony. I told you it was with an H. Yeah, right. <laughs> but Harmony rejects Gabby Gabby after getting, even after getting the voice box. And so she works so hard at mm-hmm. that point, yeah. And I, it was kind of one of those moments where you're like, ah, oh, fuck, like, you know, like, what's going to happen to her now? And Woody's like, hey, like, come with us and Bonnie, right? But then, you know, for him to have that open arms and be like, hey, like, after all you've done to me and, and my friend, let's still bring you along. And then also help kind of find her a new purpose when she saw the missing girl. I thought that was pretty cool. The, the girl that was lost. Yeah. The girl who was lost in, um, in, in, the, in the festival, in the carnival, and basically explains, like, what a toy can do for a lost child. And it was kind of, a, it obviously, it was, like, over-exaggerated a little bit, obviously. But, you know, the, the, the child meets Gabby Gabby, and then all of a sudden she has the courage to go... I, to, I agree to with go, that. To go, to go talk to whatever, like the security officers basically of the, uh, the carnival and then they fi- she finds her parents. But I thought that was cool to be able to help her out and find a new child basically even after all that she put Woody through and her friends. I think that was really cool of Woody to just be able to, that, that matur- maturation basically, the maturation process and you know, not only finding himself in a new purpose but just helping others gain a purpose as well. Like he's always looking out for others. I, he I is. like that. Yeah, like in every movie he's been, uh, even like the villains that they find, like he still tries to find the humanity within him or the mm-hmm. the toyhood within him. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, yeah, their purpose, what makes them good, what makes them worth caring about. Um, yeah, and the, you, you really do see that with Woody. He, yeah, he grows that and then with Gabby Gabby. And I, I like her art too. Because uh, it's, She's a she's a tortured toy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she just really, really wants to be a toy, and she hasn't had the opportunity to be one. Right. So I think out of the box, right? She was like yeah, defected right from the get go. Never got to have her own kid. Yeah, but it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that 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 growth, you, you really see him be like a driver for that as well, and you see how far he's come from the beginning when he was just selfish and he wanted just every like he wanted to end it himself. He didn't want to share. He like, yeah, boss, exactly. He, he was the main one. But he's grown up. There you go. Was the ending satisfying enough to you? No. No? No, it was. Yes and no. I don't know. I wanted to cry, but it didn't get me there. So I was like, ah. Yeah, Toy Story 3, I felt like, made me tear up a little yeah, bit, Yeah, right? it's like, oh my gosh. Obviously, they're not going to die, but what if they do? Yeah. Uh, you, still, you still think about it. With this son, it was like, it was a nice, like, oh, everything's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. But I wanted it to be, I don't know, I like sad endings. I like, I like feeling melancholy. And you kind of do, but I think I was just happy for him. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to be off and doing this thing. He's going to be happy. Yeah, I mean, it's relatable to me in the sense that I'm sure even you, like, I feel like after a certain point of your life, you have to cut ties with friends, right? And uh, Speaking I, of which, Noah. 
No, but it's like Buzz Lightyear say, hey, like Bonnie will be okay. And it's like at the end of the day, sometimes you might have friends that go off and do their own thing and you like kind of want to hold on to that friendship or, you know, you want to like keep it together how it was at at whatever point, you know, whether you're really close in high school or right after high school. But sometimes you just got to let go and like trust that you guys are both going to be okay. And like, even though you can't see each other every day, you guys can't be with each other every day you guys can still keep in contact and stuff like that. So I just, I like that ending aspect of it. I, I, that's what I thought of when I saw the ending. I was like, okay, yeah, I've had friends kind of part, I've had to part ways with. And even though it's like, it's sad, I know they're going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And like, we can still keep in touch on a very minimal basis. Like, it seems like that's the plan too. It didn't seem like Woody and Bo were going to run off forever. Maybe like eventually they're going to, you know, meet up and clash together for holidays or something like that. You know, something like cheesy. Yeah, I don't know. The ending end, ending was satisfying enough for me. How did you feel about the little cutaway of um, when Bonnie went to first day of first grade and Jesse helped make her the knife? I don't think they gave her a name, right? But it was like the female knife. Knifey? It was a knife, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't see that part. You didn't see that I part? Left. No. Oh, I you left? Watch, yeah, I went to watch a movie with my parents. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> We're going. It's, like, it's midnight o'clock. <laughs> well, now that you've heard about it, how did you... How do you feel about another utensil in the mix? She is God. Yeah. She's just making like life out of nowhere. She's gonna make a bunch of toys everywhere. Basically, yeah. <laughs> like, Whoa, just bringing life to what? What's next? The toilet plunger? Yeah, right. <laughs> sentient like beings. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, oh no, that would be a shitty idea. <laughs> um, that's fun. A little like, nice little fun fun part. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. I, I kind of react. My initial <laughs> reaction was, huh? Yeah. <laughs> knife. <laughs> it's a knife. All right. Well, yeah. Any any ideas for what's next for the franchise? Because I feel like I said it earlier in the show. I just feel like this movie opened up a lot of doors for Toy Story and the series to continue running. Yeah, in the fifth one, any great series in the fifth installment needs to add The Rock. So, <laughs> right? If you head back to Fast and the Furious, they need to add some. The I think rock. The Rock needs to get in. They're yeah. gonna go to Brazil and they're gonna like. Uh, Rob a bank or something. <laughs> <laughs> Rob like a, yeah. They're gonna become international uh, criminals. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. They're just riding skunks everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would like to see. I, maybe not the Rock per se, but more new characters, obviously, because the addition of Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele is a lot of fun. You know, maybe adding, uh, and then even like Duke Kaboom's like, I don't say Duke Kaboom was a superhero, but like this larger-than-life figure who thinks they're a superhero. Even, like, Ducky and Bunny, there's, like, the parts where, remember it? Like, there's, <laughs> towards the end, they're like, you know, we, we always wanted to give, but after they cleared the whole oh. carnival wall, it's like, all right, well, now what do we do? And he's like, I got an idea. And they kind of, like, have that fast-forward, that vision of, like, what they think they can do. <laughs> they basically grow super large and have, like, lasers shooting out of their eyes, attacking the... You don't, you don't remember seeing that scene? What? Just by your facial reaction, like, I don't think you saw it. Like, you keep describing it. It's the part, time. I don't know if this was like during the credits or not, but it was like towards it. the end, Woody and Woody, Bo Peep, and, and basically, because the guy who's running the carnival stand, he just has his plate, like his headphones on, and he can't see all the kids winning. Yeah. Right? And so he turns around, and he's like, oh my God, like all the toys are gone. And that's when Woody and, and uh, Duck and Bunny under the counter, they're asking, like, hey, like, what's, uh, what do we do next? And then, Duck and Bunny are like, Ducky and Bunny are like, oh, I got an idea. And they just like, for some reason, they just flash forward to something where like they continue to grow large, like exponentially. Like they become like 30 feet tall 
and they're just walking, shooting laser beams out of their eyes, and it's all imagination. And I think Buzz Lightyear asked, like, after the imagination cutaway, he's like, you guys can really do that? And Dougie, like, hesitates, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like their imagination, too, obviously, not just the humans' uh, imaginations yeah. of the toys, but the toys' imaginations of themselves. They're not just full of fluff. Yeah, exactly. Back it up. Yeah. So I just maybe... Like another kind of larger than life character edition in the fifth edition, I think you also can make the um, almost do a spinoff That's like the, the Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. You could do something with Bo Peep and Woody, Woody. like or like Ducky and Bunny. Like Ducky cool. and Bunny, just like, like describing yeah, them. describing yeah. things of what they think they can do. Yeah, like when they're like taking the grandma to the house. Yeah, they, like, they keep just redoing different ways of t- taking the key of, of how do they can take the keys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that part. It. Yeah, I love that uh, part too because it like <laughs> it ended up coming right to them. Yeah. That was That's just. Like, like the best part, okay, like listen, hear me out. We could do this. this, this. <laughs> like hear me out. We have three plans, and it, I liked how <laughs> I liked how each plan it all resulted in them like mobbing the yeah. grandma. <laughs> but it just it was slightly less delayed, plan, yeah. right? Yeah. And then we mob her. We just mob her. We just jump on her face. And we, we, just, <laughs> we just and it was like, no, we don't do that. But uh, yeah, just that, that being like dropped right in front of them. That was that was funny. But yeah, you could do a lot with the Toy Story for. for or you can do a lot now with the Toy Story series. And like I said, it just seemed like kind of like Fast Five did for Fast and Furious. It opened up the doors with so many more things. And I don't know. I personally didn't want to see a Toy Story be made after Toy Story 3. I thought like that was a good ending. But Toy Story 4, while I wasn't while I didn't love it, I did like it enough to where like, okay, if they continue to expand on this series and the direction that they're going, or I think that they're going. I think I would like I would enjoy it. You know, it'd be fun. It hopefully they don't overkill it. You know, yeah. like with the the you know jumping out of airplanes with tanks and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to see that. But Toy Story in space. Keep it still. Keep it still very innocent. Toy Story on Mars. On Mars, yeah. <laughs> they do a collab with Matthew McConaughey yeah. from Interstellar. No, but uh, um, yeah, I just there's a lot of directions it can head. The series can head into. Yeah, the only direction I want to go in is the end, though. Yeah, me too. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, the same thing with you. I don't want it to be worn thin and then just make it. And I don't think they would do that with Toy Story because it's such a big property and it means so much to them and mm-hmm. over to so many other people. But yeah, there, there's a lot of things that they could do with it. I don't know if they have to do it, though. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't, also don't want to see them do TV shows with it either. No. Although I think the Ducky and Bunny would probably the the characters to get their spin-off TV show because mm-hmm. they did so well, you know? Yeah. And I feel like Keegan Michael Key and uh, Jordan Peele have the familiarity with TV shows already, so that'd be kind of like an easy transition, you know. I'm sure they'd be up for it, but it would become pretty. It's like remember? Do you remember the Penguins of Madagascar mm. show? That was like a, I, don't know, I watched like two, three episodes. Yeah, I watched like maybe like five or six, but it was very like overkill, and it's hard to make a good TV show after like some movie characters that were like sidekicks. Yeah, I was gonna say because they're like nice like supporting pieces, but if you yes. try to make them like the stars, like uh, it's kind of like what, what are, are they, they playing doing off here? of? They yeah. are, but yeah. So like, it's kind of an overkill. It's basically gonna just turn into Key and Peele, but in That'd cartoon, be cool. in cartoon yeah. version, the the, duck, the Ducky and Bunny doing skits and stuff. This gets incredibly dark. Actually, yeah, because they mobbed Grandma. So yeah, 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 yeah. taking that spin. <laughs> yeah. So, last thing, of the four movies, how would you rank the Toy Story series? Toy Story one is first for me because mm-hmm. of the nostalgia with it and what I uh, assigned to it. Toy Story three. 
I wasn't a fan of Toy Story 2. I don't remember very much. So I'd say Toy Story 4, then Toy Story 2. You like 2. Big Al? Big Al's barn? Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe. Okay, fine. I'll probably put Toy Story 4 at the end. So mm-hmm. Toy Story 1, Toy Story 3, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 4. I'll rank them. Number one's just going to be the best for me because I still have that VHS. I still like, have it on. I think I wrote my name on it. Yeah. That was my version of my toy. Because uh, no, that's really what... I don't know that's what got me playing with toys, but it had a big impact on me. And just growing up, that's always what I had. Anytime I wanted to get back to familiarity or feel comfortable with something, I would just watch Toy Story. Mm-hmm. And Toy Story 3, because of the ending, it was like a good, it was a well-made movie. It was like a nice tie, mm-hmm. tie ribbon on it. Nice. And Toy Story 2 was just there. I don't really remember it. But I guess it must be good if it was the second one. Like, yeah. Good things. And the fourth one, the most recent one, I, I can't really say how much of an impact it's going to have, but it, it was all right. Mm-hmm. I think, actually, I would put mine's list, my top two are pretty similar. Toy Story 1, Toy Story 3. Then I think I'd go Toy Story 4 before Toy Story 2, just because, like you said, it's very, very forgettable. I mean, there's very few things I remember. Obviously, we were introduced to, uh, to, to Jesse and to Bullseye, which I think, you know, they seemed important at the time, and they were important in Toy Story 3, kind of lost. Not lost the importance, but you didn't really see Jesse's importance towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just kind of there in Toy Story 4, basically, right? And so that, that addition to the team was huge. And, but I, I don't know, I, just, I didn't like so much of Toy Story 2, because like I said, it, it wasn't very memorable for me. I, I think I'll remember more of Toy Story 4 and the introduction of some of the new characters and like the, the dumb idea of Forky and like, you know, her overreaction to losing a fork. And so that kind of stuff, I think that'll stick with me a little bit more than, you know, Toy Story 2 for sure. But yeah, like Toy Story 1, all the nostalgia, Toy Story 3 hit close to home, you know, like. Yeah, being in college, seeing that movie, I was yeah. like, oh, fuck. <laughs> These all happen to happen to the, the, the big ones. The ones that I remember most happened at times in my life when I was, like, transitioning to, like, that next stage. Mm-hmm. Toy Story 3, yeah. College, Toy Story 1, I was, like, just growing up, so I was remembering all that. And then this one here, uh, Toy Story 4, when you're thinking about, like, adulthood, mm-hmm. family, parents, all that. So, yeah, so I, I, I change it. Yeah, yeah, I like the evolution of it. I would say Toy Story 3, like, Cars 3... Monsters University, those like good sequels. Those were good sequels that I felt like I related with a lot at a certain time in my life. Just like you said, because at the time of the, my life that it came out, I was like, oh shit, like that's me. Like they made this movie about me. Nah, no, just kidding. But uh, no, I definitely. So I, I did like Toy Story three a lot. Jeez, this should just be a Toy Story three podcast. Yeah, it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> no, we should. I've been thinking about it. Like, you know, I'll put this on the show, but. I was thinking about doing more throwback movies too, okay. just getting more involved with the movie because I feel like I've have a large uh, library, of, large large of. <laughs> I have a large as long as it's anything but Greece. All right, yeah. I've seen Greece way too many times, <laughs> but I I've seen a large library of movies and I feel like doing more movies going forward, even ones that aren't just like just released, mm-hmm. like the ones we have been doing. I think it would be cool to do just some like throw, like Back to the Future and stuff like that. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Alec. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Hey, it's Noah Alvarez again. Hope you enjoyed the conversation I had with Alex in regards to Toy Story 4, the movie. Be sure to leave a rating and review on this podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, and oh yes, we're a part of the Big Heads Podcast Network as well. Follow me on Twitter, at underscore Noah Alvarez. Also follow me on Instagram, at Noha, N-O-H-A, 
underscore Alvarez. Uh, sometimes I leave polls on there. That's also a good place for people to uh, kind of reach out to me if they're interested in being part of the podcast. We have a lot of different topics here in the coming weeks on this show. I'm really excited about it too. A lot of good opportunities for me to end this summer strong and also have enough content that where maybe I don't even have to set up interviews and stuff in September and October, which would be wonderful because uh, I know during football season I get really busy. So the more interviews I can you know, bang out in August and then just kind of sit on and all I have to do is release them in September and October, the better. All right. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in to the My Mike and I podcast. I'm Noah Alvarez signing off.